I hear the crack of the skull before the spattering of blood reaches me. I gasp and take a quick step back onto the sidewalk. One of my heels doesn't clear the curb, so I grip the pole of a no-barking sign to steady myself. The man was in front of me a matter of seconds ago. We were standing in a crowd of people, waiting for the crosswalk light to illuminate when he stepped into the street prematurely, resulting in a run-in with a truck. I lunged forward in an attempt to stop him, grasping at nothing as he went down. I closed my eyes before his head went under the tire, but I heard it pop like the cork of a champagne bottle. Those are the first three paragraphs of Verity. And let me tell you what, it just gets crazier. You're listening to One Page More. Let's, Let's get it. Let's do it. Okay, today we're talking about Verity. And woo, we got a lot to talk about. This book, it was wild. This book, I I mean, I rarely, like, I will say this sometimes and be like a little bit like of an exaggeration, you know, because it's like, okay, it's my personality. This book was a straight up roller coaster. I was buckled in from the very beginning, did not like all of it. But it and it was a lot, but oh my gosh, I cannot wait to go over this. This, book, yeah, I oh, <laughs> anyways, okay, all right. So, really quick, as an overview, this book is a, th- a psychological thriller, I guess that's how I would, uh, you know, call it. But there's quite a bit of uh, steamy scenes in it, so not a romance, but if you're looking for that it is in here um the idea of the whole book is you have the main character Lowen. she is a deeply introverted person um her mother has just passed away she's kind of going through a rough time and her books are not doing well but she's just kind of scraping everything together and she needs a big break um she ends up landing the deal of a lifetime really to take over a series from a very popular well-known author of I guess she writes thrillers in the book this woman Verity Crawford and the book in essence is her learning about who Verity was as an author and why she's not continuing this very successful series herself. I mean, this would be as if, I don't know, J.K. Rowling couldn't finish Harry Potter or something and they needed a ghostwriter to come in type thing. So the bare bones, that's what it is. And then we'll go into our ratings now. And I think after that, we're just going to have to get to spoilers really fast because because it's a thriller and there's so many twists and turns, I don't think we should say more. <laughs> I'm dying to hear your review. <laughs> I am. I'm literally on pins and needles. Uh, tell me yours and then I will tell you mine. What do you think? Well, I haven't been able to pin it down, to be honest with you, because did I enjoy is not the right word. This was a masterful book. It was really well written. And I felt like she, um, played the psychological element really well like it was it was great what it wasn't all for me like a lot of it was a little too steamy for me a lot of it there's a lot of trigger warnings around this book um 
that we'll go into in a second, but there, it was just disturbing parts of it. And that was not something that I would normally pick out. I would say for what it is, it's a solid four stars. I actually thought it was really well done. There was a, there was some moments around relationships in this book that I felt she went a little too romancy novel, cutesy almost, like a little bit too, like this, I don't believe that this would actually happen in real life. And like the way the characters speak to each other, I'm just like, okay, whatever, kind of like rolling my eyes. That said, the rest of it was great. So yeah, if you're looking for some twisted stuff, then this is the book for you. And she does it really well. Okay. So um, Verity, did we say this, is written by Colleen Hoover. Oh, there you go. Yes. She has a true fan base. And I don't even know if you know, this is very like in left or out of left field from what she normally does. She does romance. This is, I think, her only, um, or well, maybe not her only. This is, I think, was written in like 2019. So this was like the first book where she really branched out. And this book, I have I am not kidding. I have at least 50 times been recommended this book <laughs> uh, in a couple of groups I'm in. So I, and I read, um, I read a quick little synopsis, basically just exactly what you discussed. So I was very excited. Okay. I, I, I have all day. I've went over this all day. I've thought about this. <laughs> To me, when I give the stars, I give it over two things. One, how the book is written. But two, I've got to enjoy this book. And That's frankly, true. I couldn't stand this book. Mm. I would have quit this book 100 pages in had it not been for this podcast. Because of what we will get to in a minute. Um, so I, with that said, I'm going to be like give an extremely unpopular opinion, I feel. And give it like a two star. I just I, I could not get there with this. That's book. extremely valid, though, because I almost I wasn't quite as maybe disgusted as you were because I did enjoy it and I devoured this thing. I mean, I read it in two days, um, but it just wasn't for me. So I think that your rating is totally fair. If you're into true crime, if you're into, you know, pushing your stroller while listening to gruesome murders on your <laughs> airpods then this is the book for you if you are not go ahead and skip it kippin um so now it's time for our segment should you read it or should you listen to it we both read it spoiler alert <laughs> and i don't know about you but i feel like that's how you should approach a book like this um absolutely there are parts that i had to skip that I, I, for my personal sanity, I needed to. So that's what I'm going to recommend. Read this book. Yeah. And if you do like it, if this is your thing, you're going to want to whip through it. You're not going to want to wait for a narrator. Maybe for certain people, it could make it even more suspenseful. Um, I did listen to just the clip that was free on Audible, and I wasn't super blown away by the narrator. I mean, maybe she's great, but... Yeah, I, I'd say read it for sure. Right. And you're, that's a great point. You can finish this book in literally like five hours. If you've got the time to sit down, you can do it. And that's the tea. <laughs> Trigger warnings. There are is child abuse in this book. Intense. There is um, 
just gruesome uh i don't know what else would you say like sexual weird kinkiness there was a lot of things uh but i feel like if we say it now it's it's gonna be spoiler yeah yeah maybe let's jump into spoilers for anyone that does not want to hear the rest okay before we we get going i will say and this is this does have a spoiler in it so our friend Ashley from Bookstagram, she is Read Between the Wines on Instagram. She absolutely loves this book and she was nice enough to leave us a message uh, with her review. So here, here's Ashley. Hey guys, I am so excited that you're talking about Verity for this podcast. Uh, Verity is actually my number one book uh, that I've ever read of all time. Um, It's up there with The Silent Patient and The Shining. Um, But yeah, I read it a year ago and it has still got me shook. Now I know we have genres like thrillers and mysteries, um, but I think this is a whole other genre on its own. I think it should be under the what in the actual F genre and in all the good ways, obviously. Um, Just... Everything that happened from the beginning with that man getting run over by the bus to her actually getting the job to her finding the manuscript and then to the letter. I mean, mind was blown and everything in between with the abortion attempts and the murdering of the children. It's unbelievable. The book made me so mad. It made me grip my seat. It made me want to keep reading. And I was actually so sad when it ended. Um, I don't know how anybody could top that book i really don't the silent patient was a really close one but this verity she's uh she's quite the character but yeah mind was blown still is blown still shook to the core about this book and i really really hope that there's a sequel um my main question is are you team letter or team manuscript thanks guys have a good one okay thanks ashley thanks so much and Sorry that we may drag your favorite book. (laughs) (laughs) I I completely understand why people would like this. Whenever I was reading it. So exactly like you said, I read maybe like 50 pages um, the evening. So today's Sunday. I read 50 pages Friday night. I read the rest of the book yesterday, the entire book. Once I got going and and like I knew we were going to have a call, I had to finish it. Not even because I knew we had to call. I mean, yes, but mainly it was, it really was very engrossing once you got into it. So I totally understand why people love it. And the book had so many um, really open-ended questions. And I know people live for that. I was not a big fan. (laughs) There was, was, it was too much. Okay. I will tell you that, and we'll get to it. I don't want to like jump the gun here. Even though it was open-ended, it was like, it was not hard for me to land on how I felt about the characters in the end and who I thought was telling the truth and who was a big fat liar. I mainly agree with you. Mainly. I did have a, a little bit of like, well, okay like you know I could kind of say like I, I would say maybe I felt like 95% sure this happened mm-hmm. but the other five of me five percent of me did think like well that's if it's not you know there's there was a dower right. <laughs> okay so let's just get let's get into this this book has one of the best opening lines like opening paragraphs that I've re- read in a long time I mean you want a book to grab you and this certainly did and also it threw up a big old stop sign that said 
if you're not into this, stop now. Like the very first scene in this book, Loan is walking down the street and she sees a man walk in front of a moving car, get run over and his head basically pop like a cherry tomato all over her and everyone else waiting at the crosswalk. I was, I was really got away. I, I have read no telling how many books this year. I have not had a single one that caught my attention like that one. It was a shocker. It was interesting. It kind of also set the tone for, for Lowen's personality where she's like, you know, she's a little bit of a timid, mm-hmm. um, it, it goes into deep details how introverted she is. Her mom has literally died like less than a week ago and she steps outside and the first thing she sees is like an immediate gruesome death and she's like three feet away. Yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Colleen Hoover can write. Maybe she doesn't write for me, but she can write. Yeah. And so when she's in this crosswalk, she meets um, a hunky dreamy man who literally gives her the shirt off his back. And they have like this kind of um, hedonistic meet cute moment that's like (laughs) horrific of them, you know, cleaning the blood off of their faces in the mirror and whatever. She's like on her way at this kind of last ditch effort to get some kind of deal with her publisher or I don't know it's a really important meeting and she's freaking out and she meets this guy and they have this little connection and she gets to her meeting and lo and behold that guy is who she's meeting with um this part of it I could I could take that I I I accept the meet cue I actually liked the setup of that relationship that was fine what? yeah it was okay I, I even stuff like this it's like the deep cynic in me where I'm like you're right. Like, I know some of this maybe happens, but I'm like, that would be so rare that you would run into somebody. They're going to give you the shirt off their back. And it turns <laughs> out you're going to be like, you know, they're going to go to you and be like, oh, can I, like, will you write my book or my wife's books? So I was kind of like, eh, I would have maybe rather her mom died and she suddenly shows up at this like, big mansion. But right. So- I get it. I get it. I mean, I'm going to hold my shade because later that's that was besides the gruesome stuff. That was really my biggest qualm with this whole book was like kind of some of the dialogue between Lowen and Jeremy. It was just kind of cheesy. And like, I get it that people want to escape into that fantasy and they want to picture that a man would really talk to them like that and really be interested and pursue them in this way. And I just personally have never seen it done. So. Right. Well, that's what <laughs> I mean. Where it's a bit too, it's too fantasy. It's suave. Yes, very suave. <laughs> and especially whenever this book, I'm expecting, you know, I just wasn't expecting it. I, I would call this genre like Hallmark from Hell. <laughs> <laughs> very appropriate. Okay. All right. So let's see. So uh, Verity, yeah, she basically, Verity, not Verity. Lowen. Yeah. Lowen basically accepts a little bit uh, apprehensively. Corey, her agent, uh, also her ex-boyfriend, definitely is not really feeling it, but she kind of wants to, I felt like that too was a little bit where she wanted to kind of prove this man wrong and just kind of like, okay, whatever, you know, like a really sexy man, like wants me to do something for him. So I'm going to do it, Corey. So she decides to do it. She drives to uh, Vermont. They live in a huge 
mansion. It's so large that she kind of describes it as like eerie. As soon as I read this, I was having like major like Mary Kate and Ashley uh, detectives where, um, you know what I mean? Where I'm like, okay, this would be a red flag for me where I'm like, the second I see something creepy, I'm not a detective. I'm an introverted writer. I'm going to pack it up and go home or I'm going to walk in, grab a box of notes and leave. I could it's, never be in this situation. It's interesting because a lot of uh, fan casting has casted Elizabeth Olsen as Lowen herself, which no. I can see. Yes. Well, I'm guessing. I keep seeing Elizabeth Olsen's picture pop up whenever I Google this book. So I don't know if she's supposed to be Verity or if she's supposed to be Lowen. I'm I'm thinking Lowen. Um, I don't wow. think she's a I mean... femme fatale enough to be Verity, but yeah. I could picture this house. I get the setup. What happens again, Colleen? You are you are a devilish girl because Lowen ends up staying with the Crawfords with Jeremy at this house um, for quite a while, like two weeks. And it seems preposterous that that would happen. Like basically, Verity has all her notes and everything in her office and they're just kind of like helter skelter and she's going to have to not only read all of Verity's books but go through all of her junk so that she can write the next couple of couple books and meanwhile she's been evicted from her apartment for not paying rent and then she tries to get a new apartment and they're like hey you were just evicted so no and she's like has no she's broke and has nowhere to go so she actually sets it up very masterfully of like Lowen really doesn't have a choice she needs to stay here and she's got to just make it work until she can get into her own place um she meets crew jeremy's son pretty quickly my red flag though would be nobody tells her what the heck is wrong with verity until she gets to the house well, not not only what exactly happened, you don't even need to know that, but like the extent. <laughs> totally. She goes and she finds like that basically she's in like one of the beds that like is keeping her from having bed sores. She has day nurses. Jeremy works like basically as a night nurse in the evenings and is doing well, she's all like, like the she's like human vegetable. Right. She is. Yeah. She can't speak. She can't move. I guess she can eat. That's about it. Right. Like they yeah. feed her. Yeah, exactly. There's. There was even a scene that oh, I did not want to be like this, but I have always been a little bit like I'm a very skittish person. As we're listening to this, anyone out there will understand this. But even as she's like describing like seeing somebody, um, and you know, like I understand this this deep sense of like a fear, even though it feels like it it mm-hmm. makes no sense. So as soon as she kind of sees Verity, like she's definitely like caught off guard and a bit skittish where Verity's laying there doing nothing and she still gets like this like like the hair raises on the back of her neck and like the goosebump kind of feeling so that's what I just mean where I'm like I could never be me I had to live my car so fast I just don't know (laughs) I agree I would have been like okay I gotta go stay with my ex-boyfriend agent or something me and Corey were out of here right Right. So, I mean, she is, she's there, she's going through the notes, she is, like, totally crushing on Jeremy, um, who's apparently very hot and extremely kind, and very obviously into Lowen, too, 
Um, at some point, you also are clued into the fact that she has a lot of extra anxiety about being anywhere that's not her own home because she sleepwalks like pretty severely. And she usually like locks herself in her own bedroom and stuff. And like that's where some of maybe her childhood trauma and her little poor sad girl shtick comes from. Um, and so I'm trying to remember what. Oh, this is another thing that is revealed. You find out that this family, the Crawfords, so Verity is now comatose. But in the last year, they also lost their twin daughters. One twin died and then like six months later, the other twin died, which is just completely bizarre. Like I can't even imagine. And so there's just now Jeremy and then the little boy crew. I had, I am getting that. <laughs> I myself am getting the heebie-jeebies talking about this. I know. I have three kids. Um, I have twins and then I have a baby and I read this Mother's Day weekend. There's just so, <laughs> there, was, there was just so much going on. So as she's poking through all of the details, the book really kind of splinters into two separate books where um, we've got obviously the story that's been laid out for us, but then we start getting chapters of an autobiography that Verity has written about herself that uh, Lowen stumbles upon. And so at first she's like, okay, this is kind of invasive. Maybe I shouldn't read this. But then she's like, okay, well, I'm, I really need to get into the mindset of Verity. Verity has done a masterful job of writing um, from an antagonistic, the, you know, the villain's point of view for all of her books. And so she's like, well, maybe this will kind of set the tone for me where I can tap into that and I can begin writing. And then as she begins reading, it's, so many secrets are revealed that it, you know, like forget the book. She just really wants to know more about Verity. And then she wants to know more about Jeremy and then more about their children. And right away, there's just major red flags about Verity. For starters, I, I just was really kind of creeped out by like the way that, that she spoke or the way that she wrote to the point that I kept thinking like, this is supposed to be like a, renowned writer like i'm in a very effable dress and i was like what she <laughs> seemed like a teenager right really did and she was supposed to be well i think mid to late 30s right and like yeah a, and a best-selling author i'm like this is the best you've got i mean it's immediately disturbing i mean she's hypersexual a lot of the book and this to me is an important clue a lot of this autobiography um it revolves around her and jeremy's sex life and like explicit sex scenes between the two of them <laughs> like down to the all the little details um and it really seems like and she's completely obsessed with him like that's the only thing that matters to her is pleasing him and being with him. Um, but Lowen reads that when they get engaged, she finds out like shortly after that she's pregnant and that she's pregnant with twins and she freaks out uh, and she tries to give herself an abortion like in the bathroom with a clothes hanger. 
And the main reason that the book kind of sets up like why she chose to do an abortion then was because Jeremy was so excited about fatherhood. And it really kind of sets this, um, sets it up where Jeremy, like where once his world revolved around her, she can slowly see that it's the two children that, you know, aren't even born that's fixing to be the center of his universe. And so it's this like deep jealousy where I kind of was thinking, Originally, I was like, okay, this is interesting where she, you know, there's no reason she had to have the children. Like she could have owned her own without telling him, you know, had an abortion. So I was kind of like, I didn't understand that exactly where I'm like, what, where does this come from? If you feel, because she would write it or, you know, would say things like she felt so deeply revolted. She was disgusted. Like the idea of kids was abhorrent. Like it was so you know, it wasn't like, oh, I'm feeling a little uneasy or like, you know, I don't know how all this. It was like, like it was perverse. Yeah, I guess I didn't even think about that is definitely a plot hole. But I, for this, I think she just mainly did that for the sake of the story, like making it as gross as possible. Um, the only other thing I could think of is like, OK, maybe she had a suspicion and then took a test well and jeremy was right there you know what i mean like he seems well he jeremy of course has written like super dad superhuman super boyfriend so he probably was like the one buying a test and you know doing the whole thing like planning the baby shower himself so that doesn't actually that wouldn't surprise me some of this too was very triggering for me specifically because it was saying stuff like you know about like how she wanted the kids to come early and like maybe they would die and with my own children coming early i really was i seriously was so triggered by this book so there was a lot of like graphic points and that was the kind of stuff where as soon as it got to well the abortion really disgusted me and i probably would have like put it down but so it fast forwards a well I guess maybe before we jump, go on to what the manuscript says, while this is happening, Lowen is really kind of um, having um, a very flirty relationship with Jeremy. Uh, the two of them go out uh, for dinner with crew one night. She loves going downstairs late at night, and it's just the two of them. The day nurse is left, crew's asleep. They'll kind of just chat and talk, and she's definitely, like, batting her eyelashes. In the meantime... Um, she's supposed to be like, you know, writing this novel, but she just, it's like the sexual tension between the two of them is definitely building. And there's, he, he doesn't really, Jeremy doesn't really go all into it kind of thing. You can definitely tell that he's kind of got a little bit of loyalty towards Verity, but it's also like, well, she's in a vegetative state. And at this point, there's like no hope for her to make any progress. So he's just kind of like, I don't know. Yeah, he seems like, I don't know what I'm going to do, or I'm just kind of playing it down, like, oh, I'm just making a friend, like, I'm just being nice, blah, blah, blah. I will do a little bit, a tiny bit of um, dad shaming. Jeremy doesn't have a job at this point, from what I can tell. However, he lets his uh, five-year-old son sit on the freaking iPad all day long next to his mother who is in a coma basically in in her bed and i understand that you don't want your child to be afraid of their own mom or feeling like his whole family's been taken away 
But I was like, that's so odd to me. The the spending time with his mom sitting in the bed, on, I've had some didn't, but it was the fact that every time it described the child, he was on the iPad. Yes. Except for like one time, you know, there was one time where he was outside with his dad. But other than that, I was also like, like, wow, like you lost your other kids. And he was, he truly was grieving, but I'm like, wouldn't you want to at least spend a little time with your other one? And it talked right. at different times how he was worried about his mental health. And I was just kind of like, wow, you're not really doing anything to cultivate <laughs> that. But okay. Okay. So do you feel like that was done on purpose or if we're just reading too much into it? What I like probably just being think, like shamey. I don't know. Yeah, what I actually thought was whenever, and I, I mean, somebody out there will correct me if I'm wrong. I just thought like, oh, maybe Colleen doesn't have kids and thinks this is what you would do with your kids or like, you know what I mean? Like that are just like, that's, okay, go and play. That's definitely um, what I thought, but yeah, I want to know, uh, leave us a message. Let us know. What are they bad. called? What are Colleen Hoover fans called? Oh, coho. Co-hos. Co-hos. Cohorts. Yeah, like that. Cohorts. <laughs> that's what they're called. Okay. Cohorts. <laughs> bring it we can we can take it so okay we've got to talk about some of the weird stuff that started happening oh yes so very quickly you get the vibe that verity is not what she seems like she's there she's creepy she's you know sitting around doing nothing but again and again there's just instances where you know lowen thinks that she sees verity move or um the curtains incident you remember this one i don't know i don't remember the curtains so it's been a while for me they're all outside um and the the room that she's in basically (gasps) like has like bay windows all around and the nurse leaves and says like okay i close the curtains or open the curtains and then she looks up and they're all closed and my one of my like my first note I took was like I wish someone could have seen my face when I found out that Cruz saw his mama walk in to close the curtains. <laughs> he like he like looks up and like waves, and so of course like yeah, and jumps around. It's like what what are you looking at? And yeah, so little slowly things like this happen. Crew mm-hmm. is finds a knife on the ground. This then, I, this scene, Lacey. This is why, okay, you know what? I'm just going to bring this up right now. At the <laughs> at the end of the book, there's some, there's a twist there that's like Verity um, may have written this whole manuscript as like a writing exercise and that it was always fake and that, you know, it nothing in it was true, et cetera, et cetera. So that's all I'll say about it right this second. But this knife thing is like, uh, to me, it's like a nail in her coffin. He finds this knife in the room and Lowen then finds him with the knife and I guess tries to get the knife and then he, or no, 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 no. She's down like making him a sandwich or something. And she, he says something about like seeing his mom or talking to his mom and she's like, oh, does your mommy talk to you, crew? And he wants to say something, but instead of saying something, he like bites down on this knife until he is bleeding. And it's just so horrific. I mean, she freaks out. They take him to the hospital, this whole thing. 
But don't you get the sense that Verity probably like, I mean, is very manipulative and threatening with him? So, yeah, I think you're actually combining two different instances. Oh, there's, there's two there's, knives. Oh, my right, gosh. Right. So one of the knives is supposedly Verity's knife because oh, uh, yeah. he says, like, oh, you, I can't touch my mom's knife. And then later he says, like, oh, my mom says I can't talk to you. But, like, the you know, only mm -hmm. say that because there really are many instances where it's like, oh, like, things are not as they appear. So with Verity, it's mm. I really want to go ham on this at the end of this episode, but yeah. for now, well, why do say, you think? Why do you think that crew is telling this to Lowen, a stranger, and not mentioning to it to his dad that mommy's talking to him? That's a good point, and I think that would never happen in real life. That's, yeah, that's to me like not realistic. I have, I don't have a five year old, but I have two three year olds who I can literally say this is a surprise, and they will. Turn around <laughs> within seconds and ruin the surprise. Like it would never happen, especially like multiple instances of every day me talking to them or every day, you know what I mean? Me doing things that would be considered abnormal. Yeah, right. right. I, I have had a five year old and she never shuts up. So and I don't I know. Maybe that's the iPad. Into an iPad right. zombie. That didn't even bother me. So going back to the manuscript, this is what I would have a hundred percent quit this book oh, yeah. so it gets to a point where um so the babies are six months old she really sets this she's talking about all this the time of um whenever jeremy's home he is he's on it he For is the father right he's he's there he's changing diapers he's taking care he's bottle feeding he's burping whatever where verity she's taking a back seat she lets him be in charge you know she's uh you know, she's constantly having sex with this man. She's cooking dinner. That's all she's worried about. He is her concern. The babies, who cares? So anyways, she has a dream one night. Um, basically, they're Harper and Chasen. Yes. Uh, and she uh, kind of envisions that Chasen, who has a small cut on her cheek from her wire hanger abortion or failed abortion attempt, is killed by Harper. So when she wakes up, she's got this. She has this like deep ache in like her a heart. Vendetta against her own right. baby, right? And then all of a sudden, it's like the flip switches where she went from hating both of them to suddenly she doesn't have like a necessarily like a deep maternal instinct by any means, but she kind of begins to believe like, wow, like so this is what it's like to care for one of them. But in order for her to care for Chasen, she begins to despise Harper because she feels that, yeah, like you said, she's had a premonition that one day she's going to be dead. So she Top goes down, though, the neglect even before this was oh. horrifying to me. And I wanted to, like, walk away because she at this point is like letting the babies basically just lay in their crib all day long with no stimulation and just cry and cry and cry all day long. And it it's really sad to me because later you find out that um, Harper turns out to be on the spectrum, like she has Asperger's. And you're like, oh, no wonder she's autistic because as a baby, she literally had no human stimulus or love or interaction. Like maybe she's not uh, autistic. Maybe she's just her little brain got broken because of this. 
it literally hurts me as a parent. I feel a touch emotional now. I know. But what gets even worse is she, so as soon as she has this dream, she hears a baby crying. She goes in there and she's like, all of a sudden she's kind of, you know, this, this love has bloomed. She's ready to go in there and take care of Chasen. And she sees it as Harper and she just gets really disgusted. And she kind of sets in her mind that, you know what? I could kill her now before she kills the child that I love. And so she literally tries to kill her child. And this is where it happens. <laughs> this is how like disgusted I was about this. It happened at like the top, the very, very like tip top of this page. I just like had to skip all the way past, could not read. Like as soon as it said that she was trying to like choke her child, I was like, nope, I am done. Seriously. And that's where I literally would have walked away. Or I told Graham, I was like, I want to throw it out the window. It was, it was bad. I I do have to agree with you. I don't know that I would have continued to read it either. I just, it was so gross and so dark. I just, I'm not, I'm not a true crime junkie. I'm not. Jeremy basically catches her in the act of trying to do this and she plays it off. I mean, and you do get the, you get hints from Jeremy that he always knew that she had a hard time connecting with, um, with Harper like he'll say that over and over again because Lowen is kind of like well what kind of actress was this woman that she could be literally despising her kids and then turn around and just like turn it on for her husband um and why would she have a third child right but I mean Jeremy kind of admits to that that like she never really understood Harper but I and I I will say in giving him a little bit of credit, I don't think he ever was at the point of thinking that she was that bad off. So he, well, I mean, he you hear all the time about people that are married to like rapist murderers and I mean, they have no idea. Like people can people can put on a fake face, that is for sure. The thing too where I you know, it's like talk about like true crime, because I I don't mind true crime and or, i mean that sounds terrible but like i can listen to podcasts and different things and i am not always as like i'm never as deeply affected as this was i think this too because it was like a child not even a child but like a baby that had mm-hmm. absolutely no way to you know like right. i'm like a grown man like you hit a grown man i expect okay at least he's got a chance oh so the baby anyways it was yeah far too much for me colleen hoover went there y'all we're not kidding it's very hard to read this is one of the things that i need an explanation on so she reads so lowen reads this in the manuscript and this is only maybe halfway through the book she's been there maybe a week maybe a little bit more and she she still she decides not to tell the uh jeremy she just is like okay you know what harper's dead now really kind of like what would it do yeah and but she stays in that house i know it's a little thin i okay again i felt like she pulled it off because lowen really is just flat broke like she can't even afford more than a couple of nights at a hotel and she lives in new york city like it's not cheap to stay there and it sounds like she barely has any friends but all I could think of is also Lowen must be a very prideful person because she <laughs> won't ask for help, you know, because I think Jeremy even offers to like spot her some money. And I do feel like at that point I would be desperate enough to get away from there that I've been like, you know what? That sounds great. I'll have tons of money in two weeks and I will pay it right back. No skin off my nose. 
peace out of this freaky house. Absolutely. Um, instead, she stays around because she's horny for Jeremy. I think that's why. Well, and you know what? It even says that at one point where it's like the way Verity wrote Jeremy is what made her initially like really fall for this man. It wasn't even him so in real gross. life. I know. It was the way so that gross. she was like, my sexy man. And you know, I'm like, wow. While, while the wife is in the house in a vegetative right. state, for real? Yep. Yes, and she's so like, I didn't, I did not like any for fake Jeremy. No, Lowen really bothered me. Honestly, I, you know, that I am not a fan of people that I see as like cowardly, and to me, Lowen, even if she, like, I get it, she has like anxiety and she has all these, this baggage, but. I do feel like she was a little cowardly. Like she should have spoken up. She shouldn't have been so freaking nosy. Like we all would have probably read that thing. Don't get me wrong. But she was being paid to go through this woman's junk and read it all. Like it would not have been wrong of her to read this because it was like open season. But she should have said something and she should have spoken up. Well, and another thing, too, is I kept thinking is I'm like, at this point, it doesn't have anything to do with the book. It has yep. nothing to do with your job. It's just you're nosy. And I mean, I, I'm nosy. I yeah, get it. Uh, but I'm like, I don't want to know that kind of things about people. I don't think like I, I don't think so I could stand there. Off. I don't think no. I could stand there and have a conversation, let alone make out with a man knowing that I may know who actually killed his daughter. Right, right, right. Oh, and that's a good point. Okay, so we should let's maybe we should jump ahead a touch. So oh, yeah. things progress uh between the two of them where they're kind of like maybe pecking a little here and there, kissing, pecking, kissing. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> I think they have one. Well, no, their first makeout session is on her birthday. And this is a creepy part. Okay. So he like figures out at the end of the night that it's his her birthday and he has made her a cake and brings her a slice and then of course they just like kiss and they're passionately making out and then she opens her eyes and looks at the top of the stairs and freaking Verity is standing at the top even saying that my my breath just caught in my chest because it's so creepy I can't and, then, and this is what I'm saying when this happens, would you stay in that house that night? Oh, no. I would be thinking this way. lady's fixing to slit my throat. Oh, yes. Know. She knows how obsessed she is with Jeremy. She knows that she has access to her while in the household. She knows that she's not. Uh, she's lying to everybody and she's a dang vegetable. But yeah, she's, she, she has a name. She has a knife. And who knows if she ain't got a gun or anything else. I'm like, honey. <laughs> She she makes a comment. This is what got me. She made a comment in the book that was like, I could sleep in my Kia tonight. And I'm like, exactly. Yeah, so why you don't could. you drive right. to the local McDonald's, you park in that Kia and stay overnight. I'm Come just telling day, you. Get your box of stuff. I'll, I would go to a homeless shelter and I'm not kidding. I would go any and everywhere before I stayed another second in that house. That's how it's skittish I am. It definitely um, shows that when the horn is really blowing loud, it drowns out all other emotions and scents because all she can think about is basically getting laid at this point. I mean, that's the only thing I could think of. And guess um, what happens? She, she does. 
I this so, we gotta talk about a little oh. bit about what happens in the manuscript first though. There's an extremely cringy moment. You actually texted me about it because I mean it was just like wanted to keel over and die. She even and another okay, here's another clue about Verity. There are some spine tingling awful things that she talks about in her book about her children and basically being abusive towards them. Um, however, the majority of the book and sh- and she she mentions that like there's so many detailed sexy parts that she ends up just kind of skipping ahead because she wants to know what happened to Harper. Harper is the twin that died or no. She wants yeah, she wants to know what happened to Harper or whatever, but um Chasen is the twin that died first, right? So she wants to know yeah. what actually happened. So she skips past. So the majority of this book is not about twisted weird or even like details of their relationship. It's just mainly lustful sex scenes right um and so lowen skips ahead to figure it out but amidst all these sex scenes there's this scene where apparently it's just so good that verity has to bite down on her wooden headboard and leaves her teeth marks in the freaking headboard okay now, Not only does she do this, but Lowen stays in the master bedroom. And what does she see? Teeth marks. The teeth marks. I, I read that paragraph to Graham, and Graham was disgusted. <laughs> so gross. And then to make it worse, when Lowen and Jeremy finally do the deed and are living in their life of sin, she <laughs> ends up biting on the freaking headboard of the same teeth marks. Oh, like the world just goes round, you know. I mean, <laughs> uh, there, so I one of my comments, let me see, I only really made like maybe five or six comments. Mm-hmm. Let's see, what does it say? Uh, this book is about nothing but sex, and I'm bored. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, who would buy her autobiography? I mean, I guess there are some people that do love uh, erotica and I get it. But I also was thinking like, wait a minute, this lady knows that her husband's still alive. Her kids are alive. You know, she's not like she's exposing not just herself, but like very detailed things. But what her man is saying and doing. And I just was kind of like, wow, this is a lot. But okay. (laughs) Again, I think Verity definitely had the mind of like a 16 year old. Um, Yeah. So that happens. Uh, there's continues to be oh. creepiness. So I loved, loved, loved whenever they wake up the next morning after, I mean, the, the books and deep <gasps> yeah. details about what's happening, lots of things happen. And suddenly where uh, they had added an, a little bolt to the top of the outside because Lowen was, she, you know, confessed to Jeremy that, you know, she really could do some damage with her sleepwalking. They find out that it has been locked from the outside. And of course, Horrible. Jeremy's, I was like, what a, I literally what an idiot. Crew, open the door. I'm like, son, <laughs> he's five <laughs> years old. <laughs> I imagine it's a lock, not at the top of the door, like a six foot tall door. Yeah. 
he heard you in the middle of the night and said, I'm going to lock you in. He doesn't want to believe it. He does not want. That's the other thing. He totally slept with this girl while also thinking that she was insane and thought that his wife was, you know, not was faking her illness. You know what I mean? Yes. Kip, like, I have something that I'm dying to talk to you about. Oh, that I need you to tell me. So uh, this happened right around the time they slept together. So he is about to lock her in the room, Lowen in the room. And uh-huh. he makes a little comment. And he's like, you know, I know I told you whenever we signed you that Verity was a big fan of your writing. But she never read your book. <coughs> I did. And I'm the one that wanted you on this project. You know what? I that need so creepy. And here's okay, just you saying that kind of reminded me from the get-go, he calls her low. He calls her a little nickname from like the first second that she's in that house. And it just skeeves me out. I get so this is why the end to me feels a bit ambiguous. Where I'm like, okay, yeah. there, there are some things that I'm like, it seems a bit pre-planned. Right, also, he was not. Whenever when he said this, and then he locks her in the room, I was like, if this would have been me, I would have tied my bed sheets together, <laughs> <laughs> jumped out the freaking master uh, window, and I would have been out of there. Oh. And in the book, she's like. Oh my gosh, sexy Jeremy thinks I'm a great writer. <laughs> I know. Like this Ugh. woman is so deprived of love and affection that I she know. doesn't understand deep creepiness. I, that's very true. Oh. But I think that that's the whole point, though. Is like she really yeah. is. Yeah. She really. She's like a very broken person. They don't. Uh, Colleen does not try and make her a normal girl. I think she needs to have some kind of level of trauma in order to make this work. Um, You're up. But like, I guess if I'm really going to go out there on a limb here, like Verity's books are worth millions and millions of dollars to these publishers. So they're not playing around like they need somebody good. The thing is, is that Jeremy cops to never having read, um, any of Verity's books besides the first one so it is a little unusual to me that he would just like it's like a it was almost like a screw you to Verity like screw you I'm gonna pick someone that I like her writing and you would have never read it anyway and then because I know better than you so maybe you're right like Like, this man won't read his wife's book but he's like there was just right there was just you're right you're kind of unlocking a door for me here to like put a little more ambiguity behind the ending. I still, I still am going to stick with where I'm at, but yeah, I mean, Jeremy's maybe not all that he appears to be. That's for sure. Yeah. I think there's definitely more layers to this man. Okay. Let's see. So they sleep together. Uh, the next day there's, there's just constantly still more weird things going on. I'm trying to remember one of them was, um, Oh, Whenever so that's whenever crew gets hurt with the knife. And so mm-hmm. Lowen he asks Lowen to I can't even already talk about this because I'm like, the level of this would never happen to me. It would not happen to me. He says, <laughs> I can't leave Verity here. I need you to stay with her. First thing I'm thinking, why can't she stay here? What is she gonna do? <laughs> Supposedly, if she's a vegetable, the worst that can happen is what she needs a diaper change or something. Is she yeah. gonna be the one doing it? Number two, 
why, why would why not call the nurse or something? I, I just was like, this would never be me. It, but it was so funny to me how they handled this though. Whenever Lowen like goes upstairs and sees that Verity's leg is hanging out of the bed and like throws the leg onto the <laughs> bed and it just like bolts out of there. Before this all happens though, an extremely creepy part of this book is when Lowen actually, the reason why there's a lock on the outside of Lowen's door is because she does sleepwalk. Oh. And she freaking wakes up in bed with Verity. And I was about to scream because guess who sleepwalks? Me. Me. I did not know this. Kippen, I'm going to tell you something. This is, there are seriously so many elements of me oh. being so creeped out. Probably like, Last, literally last week, me and Graham came to the conclusion we keep finding Lucille, my oldest daughter, oh. outside of her bed. Specifically, she will get, uh, so my twins have their own room, but the doors like butt up next to each other. And she will find her in the hallway. The other <laughs> The other day, this was so freaky to me. Me and Graham were watching a movie. It was literally like midnight. We're watching a show at midnight. And I hear somebody talking. I'm like, Graham, I'm like, that's Lucille. Oh, Graham flew. <laughs> He sits on our hallway lot, <laughs> and he sees Lucille crawling on the floor. <laughs> no, of, was it the ring where the girls crawled? And I, he, yes. I, didn't even, I didn't even see it. He came back and told me about it, and I was, I was way more freaked out than he was. And he's like, "Well, now that you mention it, that sounds kind of scary." <laughs> he's like, "But it wasn't scary because it was our child, but she was like teetering by the edge of our stairs." So, oh anyway, so I was like, yes, yeah, te- crawling, teetering towards the edge of our stairs. So I've been like really freaked out about her sleepwalking. Then I read this stupid book that's talking about a girl standing and she's like, oh, what does she do? She stands on a railing and then jumps and breaks her arm yes. and her wrist and goes back to bed. Yeah. So like as a child, was, that's what she did. Right. And she and so jumps she's, off the porch or something. So she's got a lot of PTSD behind it. So I am literally feeling it's like I'm violated on all fronts. Like. Everything about this book triggered, I can't even. So anyway. Here's a little bright spot. This is like just a little funny story about my sleepwalking. Um, I, so I usually only sleepwalk when I'm either very sleep deprived or like extremely stressed out, Um, which means I sleepwalk a lot when I have like newborns, right? So way, way long time ago, I did a Disney college program. And like the first couple days, you have tons of meetings and they're really early in the morning. And it was just a time in my life where getting up at like 5 a.m. was like a it just a fate worse than death. So I was really, I just didn't have a lot of sleep, whatever, very stressed. I woke up and I was in my walk-in closet keep in mind that we all had roommates and we like slept in the room with our roommates. We both had like a twin bed and I'm in the walk-in closet and I'm like, why am I in the walk-in closet? And I just hear my poor little room, <laughs> my poor little roommate Val, who is from Puerto Rico, go keeps. <laughs> and this is what woke me up. And I was like, it's fine. And so the next morning I realized I had been having a dream but I had to go to the bathroom. And so I had gotten up. Did and you pee walked. in your closet? I, 
went into the closet looking everywhere for the toilet. I was like pulling clothes off the rack. I was opening and closing the door and like going out and then back in looking desperately for the for the to- the toilet and I couldn't find it because I was in the closet and thank <laughs> the good lord that Val was like keeps before I pulled down my drawers and just peed in someone's <laughs> shoe because I didn't thankfully but yeah that's the oh. comedy portion of, that's your, of this oh. podcast oh the no. bleak what little podcast mean? So anyways, I'm trying to think. Okay, so yeah, so she's Verity has or is in the bed, uh, leg dangling, she throws the leg up. Lowen sprints down to the basement, right. gets the old baby monitor, oh, yeah, yeah. sets it up. I knew she, something was gonna happen in that basement too. Oh, Ooh, um, like, listen, <laughs> they talked about the basement and how like it wouldn't like basically once you got in there, how you couldn't like open it back up. And I was like Verity knows she slept with her man. She's fixing to lock her ace down there and she is no. done. So no. I couldn't believe it. She wasn't. She she mm-hmm. jumps back up and she sets the monitor up and she slams the door and locks her in there. Um, And then she finishes. She's reading more of the manuscript. And uh, again, more gruesome and graphic. <laughs> we find right. out that Jason actually had like a true accidental death. She was allergic to peanuts. She had a... Um, do you call it anaphylactic shock? What do you, yeah, anaphylactic yeah. attack, whatever it may be called, and she dies six months to the day. Um, from that, we find out that um, poor little Harper, who can't swim, gets on a canoe with her mother and her brother. Uh, Verity leans in close to Crew and says, "Hold your breath." Tips it over. Takes crew to shore and lets Harper drown. Yeah, um, and it should be known that when Chasen died, she is Verity was convinced in her memoir that somehow Harper like placed planted the, the peanuts or something, like knew that she wasn't supposed to eat that and then did it anyway. I mean, totally deranged. And two, it talks about about how she doesn't show a lot of emotion and like because she's not emoting she's she it's like even further proof where it's like a normal person would think like okay one you went through a very traumatic thing to your child and three you have a form of autism so you're probably not processing things that well and honestly would you and i both know people with high functioning autism and it's not like they're from a different planet. Like, it's not that hard to connect with. You know what I mean? Like, Wrong. especially your own child. I just don't buy that. I don't know. Har- Har- poor Harper. Like, she really had the absolute worst mother on the planet. That was. <laughs> a- yes. Yes, she did. Her mother killed her. <laughs> according to the manuscript. Her mother, yeah. you know, up and killed her. And this was another, you know, so at first. Like there was also, just multiple times where Lowen was kind of like, "What do I do?" And I'm like, "Well, well I don't know remember, what the right answer would have been." I don't know. In the manuscript, even Verity says that Jeremy immediately suspected something. Like he was inconsolable, and he's the one that drug uh, Harper's body out of the water. Um, but like he questioned her like several times. You know, are wow. like. Why couldn't you have saved her? Like, uh, oh, and crew squealed. Crew told 
his dad that, that he to told her to red flag. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. what? Right. That that's what I mean when this book was so bizarre to me, where there was like, like if I even suspected, I know. How could I keep my other my only living child around them? Yeah. Or how could you not go to the police and well, and there's this crazy high statistic that if you lose a child, that like it it will lead to a divorce. I mean, it just kind of destroys your yeah. marriage because of the trauma. And if they already were having all of these issues, it's hard. I mean, it, it had only been six months, but yeah, I can't imagine that. I'm sure there, there's some there. shakiness there. Right. And the two, right before um, it talks about Harper dying, all of the manuscript is focused on Verity and how she is like constantly like trying to have sex with Jeremy and he's just brushing her off and she doesn't understand it. And like basically like, okay, like, yeah, I'm sad she died too, but this let's quit grieving. Like, let's move on with our lives where I'm like, wow, the lack of like awareness, like, yes, true. Lowen says that she thinks that Verity is a psychopath, and I feel like that kind of lines right up. Like, she's definitely a psychopath. Oh, totally. Um, speaking of psychopathic behavior, though, Lowen does her own fair share of creepy things. Namely, she's known Jeremy now all of two weeks. She still has not told him what she read in this manuscript. Okay, the last, I mean, we've we've been talking like she's on the monitor. She's watching to see if Verity moves, et cetera, et cetera. But meanwhile, she has sex again with Jeremy. And she basically sets it up to impregnate her. Do you remember this? Uh, so I was, at, when I read this, I was thinking like, is this intentional? Because, yeah, she talks about, like, how... Homegirl puts a pillow under her hips and squeezes her legs together. Wait, I must have... Yes. She even says, like, he deserves to be a father again (gasps) or something. Oh, you know what? I remember... I do remember... What was that line that I was just thinking of? There's a line where it's like, um, I don't want to, like, lose him or I don't want... Like, basically saying, like, okay. It is... uh, Your point, you're right. Oh, very strange. And this is before. I didn't even make my um, connection. Yeah, it, she definitely does that on purpose. So Lowen is got uh, several screws loose already. Kippen, hold on. Do you, this is another thing that I haven't even hardly gone into. So this this girl doesn't hardly know this man. She knows that he's married. She knows that his wife is crazy and probably not in a real coma. Yeah. <laughs> The beginning two of Verity's book to me was our, um, Verity's autobiography. Mm-hmm. Also, really set it up where I kept thinking that, and maybe I misinterpreted, but I thought she was like Jeremy was. She was setting him up as the antagonist, where she would kind of like wait mm-hmm. and see. Did you get that vibe? Um, I mean, she definitely was like, oh, I didn't think, or like, I didn't think anything could ever go wrong or I don't think he could love anyone as much as me but I kind of 
I took it as until I had kids and then, you know, what I didn't think that Jeremy was a bad guy, though. I, okay. I felt like okay. he, she painted him pretty straight. That makes, I guess that makes a little more sense because whenever I was reading it, I was thinking like, wow, like you're reading this and it sounds like Jeremy is like super sketchy, but yet she's like falling in love with him. So I was kind of like, I don't I, see why. I, I, but I will say that was something about the book is it really did keep me guessing and thinking and kind of being proved wrong pretty often, but in like a good way where it's like, okay, like I, I did want to know mm-hmm. who was the villain and I kind of couldn't see it very well. Okay, so while Verity is staring at the baby monitor and finishing up the um, the autobiography, <clears throat> memoir, whatever you want to call it, confession, she sees Verity move. Verity is out of bed. She is crawling on the floor. Again, crawling. Very creepy. Um, but she's prying up a, a, a board on the floor. And she freaks out. And, like, calls Jeremy, tells him what happens. He doesn't believe her again until he kind of does. And then she, like, goes to get the manuscript. And she's like, read it. Like, blah, 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 blah. He locks himself in the room, reads it immediately. And apparently he says, where did you find this, I guess? Mm -hmm. Um, Storms upstairs and is like, Verity, I know you're faking it. You know, I'm going to call the cops. And Verity reveals herself. this and, is a little bit of a let down in the sense that, you know, a kid talking about Verity and this knife, I expected Verity, <laughs> and not only the knife, but it also, you know, the whole book is like Jeremy's her passion, he's her love, he's her life, he's, he is the sun and the moon and the stars, and I was just kind of like, wait a minute, if you felt this level of um, reverence passion. around somebody, right, right and you're capable and you like, and you know he's having sex with this woman. You see them yeah. kissing. I, I completely expected her to pull the knife and stab him or you know, do something. She that's, really okay, that's true. But I think she's trying to paint a scene where maybe because Verity, you know, can, uh, tries to make it seem like everything she wrote in the manuscript is actually the opposite of how she was really feeling kind of thing. So in real life, you know, maybe she's very measured and very mild and all these things. So I kind of get that, but like the whole thing escalates very quickly. I mean, he, he, I think that I'm like with my own relationship, I can like, you know what I'm saying? Could, yeah. Would you have the level of composure to <laughs> not, you know what I mean, not respond negatively at all? Well, here's the thing. I just think that any person who has pretended to be a vegetative invalid for three months or whatever <laughs> it is, like, does not have a leg to stand on, honestly. And she might be extremely weak. Like, imagine True. how... Atrophy. Um, atrophied your muscles would be and stuff so maybe she doesn't have a fight in her either way Jeremy jumps on her tail and kills her I mean like he's about to just full on murder her Lowen runs in and basically coaches Jeremy yeah. of okay you're right this biatch deserves to die but you got to be smart about this or they're going to pin it on you this was and disgusting so, this is Lowen's yeah. like 
this is, I don't, well, I shouldn't even say that, but this was like her dream where it was like, oh, yeah, this, this dirty, like, let's, let's, mm-hmm. let's just kill her baby. And it's just me and you and crew. Like, yep. Uh, yeah. Lowen oh is, Lowen is a kook too. Lowen is a, there are no um, innocent people <laughs> in this entire book, but yeah, they kill her. And then, you know, she finds out she's pregnant and they're going to get married and then everyone's going to live happily ever after. And of course, they sell their big old mansion. And it's like, that's that end of the book, except it's not. So the day they're, you know, the last day that they're going to be in that house, Lowen goes back up to Verity's old room and was like, oh, I forgot about the little space that Verity had underneath the floorboards. She pries up the floorboard and finds Verity's little cache of stuff. And in it is this letter and it's to Jeremy. And basically, I guess it's like the whole premise of the letter is weird. Oh, it was that she was going to, she was going to run off with crew. (coughs) She was going to take crew away in the dead of the night. And take her or take him away from Jeremy because she basically says, you know, Jeremy found my manuscript months ago, assumed it was true. But really, it was this whole um, artistic experimental writing that I had to use in order to get into the mindset to write my books. And I, you know, I wrote horrible things and Jeremy thought it was real. And so he strapped me in my own car and set it up that I had driven myself into a tree when really it was him and they thought I was dead but I was just in a coma and then I woke up and then I just pretended to be a vegetable because I knew that Jeremy would try and kill me again oh I don't how did so you feel like, about this when yeah, you read so that, that how did you feel in a nutshell, like the thing is, is like, do you believe Verity? Did they just kill her for no reason? And has she been uh, like the victim the whole time? Or do you believe Jeremy? Right. I believe that Jer- that Verity was, let's say, net bad. I believe that she was crazy. Um, do I believe absolutely everything that she wrote in that manuscript? Maybe not. But I do believe that she killed her daughter. (laughs) And I believe that she was a psychopath and a very mentally ill person. Because, one, because if it really was a writing exercise and, like, she needed to get in the mindset of her villain, then why was, like, a good 75% of the book just, like, erotica? Okay? That doesn't make sense to me. It had nothing to do with anything at all. Seriously, at all. If she'd been not in a romance novel... We to give it a pass, but just for it to be like, I'm going to tell you all about my life. Exactly. Me like, okay. <laughs> uh, thrust by thrust. Right. Like, that's all How that matters. I need to know this to know about your life. Come yeah. on. And then the second big thing for me is just that no person would fake an illness like that unless they were literally bonkers, cuckoo, crazy. And they had something big to hide. Maybe Jeremy did try and kill her before. I don't know. But I do believe that she deserved it. Well, you know, in a way, in the spirit yeah. of the book, she deserved right, it. Right, right, right. Not in real life. <laughs> yeah. um, uh, so when I read this, 
I just was kind of like, like, I know, I know I've read some reviews now where people were like, I was shocked. I was so excited, you know, like almost like it opened up new avenues where I literally read that. And I was kind of like disgusted from like, okay, like, here's another example of like an unreli- unreliable narrator where I'm right. like, okay, I guess. <laughs> yeah, it I didn't, was, I yeah, could have done without the twist, honestly. Yeah, exactly. So I didn't oh, think this story was strong enough to, to put it in question enough. Right. It just didn't like hit for me. Now at the same time, I've thought a lot about this. And I told you that I have some some things about Jeremy. So like the way that he talks about her, the fact that he knew in advance, and I guess like about that she had uh, killed Harper. Mm-hmm. And like I guess I'm like, okay, he he t- I drove her to the tree or whatever, but I'm like I guess I'm still from a, re- from a reactive standpoint. Think about it. Would right, you that's have... not the way I would kill my no, my husband. No. What well, I guess what I think of is instantly if you know what I mean, like the instant flying off the handle, not like the very calculated, like, okay, you did something bad. So I'm gonna put you in a car. I'm gonna tie your hands and your feet. I'm gonna put you this, I'm gonna put this across your mouth so you can't say anything. I'm gonna drive into the car. I'm gonna take all that stuff off and then I'm gonna walk back. Like, and I'm you're gonna have like, no, I'm gonna have no injuries whatsoever, but you're gonna die. Like, yeah. What? Yeah, that so, did not make sense to me. And honestly, like maybe he did find the manuscript and maybe he did threaten her and then she freaked out and then she tried to kill herself, you know? Good like point. that is more believable to me. There's a lot of shades here and scenarios that could happen. So that's why I just, I did not really like, with, I, I questioned Jeremy because I knew that he had a deep attraction and a like for Lowen right away. The fact that he already knew about her death. Yeah. Of course, Verity, Verity's number one thing in my book was not the vegetative state, whatever. I just was thinking like, what kind of a mind of a person would write that about your child? Yeah. How would, what the first thing that came to my mind was like, wait, how could your mind even go there? Even from like an abstract way, I can't even think that. Well, Me why grandma. didn't you use your, your real child's names? Like, right. and your real right. child's like deaths? Like, and this in really an biography? Yeah. Like, okay. And she, it's supposedly, specifically Harper, it was like the day that she died. I'm like, Mm-hmm. think of any traumatic day in your own life have you jumped into <laughs> writing about it in the most sadistic way possible the day that it happens like sure maybe yeah. you'll use that to write like a very like thoughtful profound piece but i'm like i don't believe that for a split second one so, i i didn't talk to her at length about it but i did talk to ashley a little bit about it and she is on the same team as us. she thinks that verity is a psychopath and definitely was the bigger uh bad guy in the book do you think was verity framed Mm -hmm. at all then or you just totally think that she just oh no i don't think she was framed and going back to like the kind of clue that i was talking about before it's really telling to me that crew a five-year-old would rather bite down on a knife until his tongue and lips were severed and bleeding than tell on his mom like i just there's no way there's no way a child would have to be really 
deeply gaslit and abused yeah she's probably up there whispering in her and the fact that crew really didn't talk to his dad very much and that he's telling this to the complete stranger who maybe he can trust you know because verity must be telling him your dad is a bad person your dad wants to hurt you your dad is this that and the other this book it really creeped me out and grossed me out and i cannot read stuff like this i, I, I actually was thinking the other day i was like you know like i hadn't read like a mystery or anything a uh, thriller in a while and now i'm like okay this it's is agatha christie <laughs> only from here on out <laughs> where's murder she wrote that's more our speed <laughs> <laughs> exactly uh give me a nancy drew hardy boy style you know Save me <laughs> the book was well written i totally see why people love it yeah and oh yeah fact, i matter of fact my mama was talking about like a, a like a scary book she's reading right now i'm like hmm, well maybe you'll like this one so i think right. i definitely would recommend this to people if it's your if you don't have kids if you're not super skittish yeah. um i mean like like that's what, what i said like. it was well written I guess I should amend my rating and say, I agree with you. For me, it was a two. For people who are into this thing, I think it's a four. I really thought it was it was well done for the genre of romantic thriller. Sexy thriller. <laughs> oh, man. This was, yeah, this was quite the book. I feel like we have talked about this so much, but I know I, um, I read a comment under somebody else's bookstagram that talked about there are pure like Facebook pages and things that are dedicated to trying to like people posting their theories and whatnot. So to anyone listening, if you follow <laughs> us at one page more podcast, uh, please let us know your thrillers, thrillers, please let us know your theories and what you believe happened yeah slide into those dms we're there we're ready to talk um <laughs> it was a wild ride but next week or not next week but in a few weeks two weeks <laughs> in two weeks we will be uh covering what is it called sorry oh, we're the invisible life of Addie larue Okay, so in two weeks, we're going to be reviewing The Invisible Life of Allie LaRue. So please follow along, read it. It's on Hoopla, um, which is a free library app if you have that. And yeah, I'm excited to, I'm kind of like, I don't know, I'm like a quarter halfway into it right now. I'm excited to talk about it. Yeah, I think it's, it's, I've heard a lot of good things about it. Um, I've, I'm about two hours in and it's good. So yeah, I'm super excited to talk about a, a bit more normal of a book perhaps. So <laughs> that'll be my face. Less cringy all around. All right. Well, I guess I will talk to you in two weeks, Kippen. Yeah, I'm going to try and sleep tonight. Don't know if that's going <laughs> to happen. Bye. Please children. Bye. <laughs> have you could have cut out two-thirds of the sex and i would have been was, fine and i would have got the point so annoying when lowen and him finally do it and she's saying that he just like 
guided her through every single position in the Kama I Sutra. I was dying. <laughs> Listen here. I actually was cracking up. This has been One Page More. Thanks for listening. Please leave us a five-star review.